This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at TastyLicksBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you'll really, really love. Grilling with pellets. Green Mountain Pellet Grills are the top of the line, best of the best, but not the highest in price. And be sure to check out all of their flavor rubs, sauces, and pellets for the Green Mountain Grill all on their website. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to peruse the entire product's portfolio. And by Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets. Two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that perfect combination of BTU burn and sweet, succulent smoke you're looking to get all over your meat. A wide variety of flavors, so please go to the website to check it out and get yours today. Barbecuer's Delight, which is bbqrsdelight.com. And by JP Custom Smoke, a competitive barbecue team out of Wichita, Kansas, manufacturing the highest quality barbecue rubs on the market today. Looking to increase your competition scores? Looking to get the hearty high fives and hand clasps at the neighborhood barbecues? Look no further than JP Custom Smoke. In the market for a high-quality offset wood-burning barbecue pit, JP Custom Smoke has years of experience building high-quality, fully customizable, and extremely fuel-efficient barbecue pits. Visit jpcustomsmoke.com for more information. This is Chad Hayden with Midsminers Barbecue, the 19th annual Jack Daniels World Barbecue Champion, and this is Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, two match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. And welcome to the really big Barbecue Central Show. 
The show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. Let me give you two bits of contact info in case you want to jump in on the show tonight. It's a toll-free call, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show if you want to, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show, of course, can be found at the main webpage, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here is what is happening. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now. Let me preface everything that I'm about to say. Tonight's maybe a little bit more TV-themed than normal. Just a quick heads up. Uh, Three-fourths of the interviews will have something to do with TV in some various form or fashion. And uh, we start right out of the gate with Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue. He was on the debut episode of season number five of Barbecue Pitbasters this past Sunday. He did win that episode so he moves on to the i believe it's semifinals or how they, however they have it staged this particular season so we'll talk to him about his time on the show about the win of course some things that i saw in the episode that i want to ask him about and then uh, for as much time as we have left i uh, left i do want to ask him about bird booster which is his new product for chicken obviously so Dave Bossa coming up shortly, 35 past 9 o'clock. If you were tuned in to the Whiskey Bent Barbecue Show, you probably heard this guy on there. Uh, Chad delightfully warming him up for me, as it were. Uh, Eric Thomas from the Rolling Grill will also be a part of the show this evening. And uh, he also took place, uh, was runner-up in the debut episode of Season 5 of Barbecue Pitmasters. And we'll move in the second hour, 1014. Still keeping the television, going in a completely different direction. It's a very popular show on Fox. One of the contestants that is currently on the season of Master Chef Lin Chi joins us on the show. And we'll talk to him about uh, that show and how he got on some of the uh, inner workings of television in itself. So looking forward to talking with Lin Chi around 1014. Then 1035 coming out of the proverbial bullpen for the show. Monthly guests and the official Barbecue Central show sauce and rub reviewer Scott Roberts will be joining us to uh, give us his take on some new rubs and sauces. So there you go, all set and locked and loaded and ready to go. If you want to jump in, you can do it, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show if you want to, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. All right, uh, you're watching the show right now. Do me a favor, I ask you each and every week, but look, uh, if I don't ask, people have a tendency, people have a short memory, let's just say it in that way. Uh, blast off an email. Tell people you're watching the show or if you're in the social media Post some type of Facebook message or get it out there on the Twitter. Let them know you're watching the show. A number of different ways to consume it. Of course, the video feed, OutdoorCookingChannel.com. You can listen to the audio only on TheBBQCentralShow.com or the newest way that's sweeping the nation to consume the show. That is Roku, Internet Protocol Television. Pretty much any store that's around you, like a Circuit City or a H.H. Gregg, or a Best Buy, or a Radio Shack, or some type of place that has an electronics department should have some kind of Roku device at their disposal. If they don't, easiest way to get it is go to Roku.com. That's R-O-K-U, Roku.com. It's kind of a fun way to consume the show. People are watching it more and more. We're probably getting into the uh, upwards of 100 people watching live on the Roku. So if you're uh, listening on Roku, hi, how you doing? Thanks for watching on Roku. Appreciate that. 
Also, if you're having trouble viewing the video stream on OutdoorCookingChannel.com, there's a link right below where the video would be otherwise. Click on that link if you cannot see the stream, and that'll get you right where you need to be in order to view it from your computer. All right, quick programming note. If you subscribe to the show through some kind of podcast catcher or through iTunes, which the majority of people do when they're getting into podcasts, you probably noticed that it updated with some new content over this past weekend. Uh, If you don't use either of those services to get the show archives, hit up the website and check out the interview I did with Sebastian Bussert from Kebroke Charcoal. There was supposed to be video of that, but I ran into a very small issue, which I believe I have now figured out. You know, sometimes I start the show and it's just like bad microphone and no audio. I figured out exactly what that is. Uh, So that should be prevented from here on out. But nevertheless, we had a little bit of a small issue with the video, so we'll have to reshoot that portion. But the audio portion was fine. Some really good insight into lump charcoal, how that differs from briquettes, how the lump charcoal is made, all that good stuff. And more importantly, some uh, stories, some real-life stories of a guy that has uh, struggled and, and is now breaking into this charcoal market that really has been dominated more or less by Kingsford over the years. So uh, he'll give you some of uh, his struggles as he's gone through trying to get the business up and the brand up and running. Uh, So I highly suggest checking that out. And again, if you don't get it through iTunes or some other type of podcast catcher, just go right to the website, thebbqcentralshow.com and check out the archives. It's all right there in the audio form. And again, we'll get the video form uh, reshot and up on the website ASAP. Also last week, I made a uh, post on Facebook. If you go to the website at the top right, There is a tab that says Expose Your Brand. And basically what I wanted to do was help some folks out who can't, I guess, afford the actual partnership with the show, but still want to promote their product or service. So check out that link. But in simple form, you pay 200 bucks. We set up a time to record the interview, which will be about 20 minutes or so. And then I upload the video to YouTube. It goes on the Barbecue Central website. And then most importantly, it also hits the podcast feed. So it gives you exposure to the entire audience for a very economical investment, and if you're interested, you know, feel free to shoot me an email. We can exchange some ideas. I can maybe lay it out in a little bit more detail. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. But, you know, for the people that have always been thinking, well, I would love to be one of the six that sit there and sponsor the show, but I can't pony up the monthly investment. Uh, this is something that might work out for you, and it still gives you, you know, that one-time hit over the entire viewing audience. Lastly, before we get into the TV talk, which is going to reign supreme over the next uh, hour and change. You might have seen that on my Facebook page, a big congratulations to Tim Grant and the rest of True Bud Barbecue. They won their seventh grand championship of the year this past weekend. That punches their ticket to the Jack Daniels World Championship Barbecue Cookoff later this year. Congrats to Tim and True Bud. Fun fact, fun fact, they also have three reserve grand championships this year. So if you go back through, and I love using that website that Pork Barrel Barbecue has finally put up. It's a bbqrace.com. Check that out for all of your information. Um, the KCBS website is okay, but this is a lot less cluttered, very clean. It operates very fast. So highly suggest unsolicited promotion for me, a bbqrace.com. If you always want to check out how your favorite team is doing, or maybe how your team is doing, they got medals and trends and scores and all that great stuff. But I went on to BBQ race, found this fun fact out. Uh, They have also won three reserve grand championships this year. So out of the 13 total events, that TrueBud has done, they have actually taken Grand Championship or re- Reserve Grand Championship in 10 of them. Very impressive. 
considering the fact that we are literally just into June right now. So what can I tell you? Tim Grant, the boys and the girls are having quite a year, and we are literally just halfway through it right now. So uh, to have uh, seven grand championships at this point in the season, I think a lot of teams would consider that to be a successful season regardless and they still have a number of competitions to go. Uh, they will be taking part in the Jack Daniels this year. You know, which if you're if you're winning seven grand championships, I mean, how many times has that proven out that when you get the automatic qualifier that you are odds-on favor to win that? Yeah, pretty much never. But he gets to go. Very excited to go. Uh, a lot of teams find that to be very prestigious to get in. And look, if you're going to go in, uh, better to win seven and get in there than risk getting your bung pulled. I mean, who knows who's going to be pulling who's bung? Ain't nobody got time for that. I don't know. Sweet Brown doesn't know either. So, again, uh, congratulations to him. And uh, we are very so excited for uh, Tim. Actually, I'm efforting him to come on next week and uh, maybe break down the year so far and uh, maybe get his thoughts on, you know, three, four months outside of the Jack Daniels, uh, you know, what it would be like for him to potentially win that and how that stacks up with some of the other you know, big name contests that take place during the course of the year. Because, you know, once we uh, hit the end of August, then they really start loading in. Uh, and, of course, he is sitting atop the KCBS Team of the Year as well. So uh, lots of great things going on for Tim Grant and the team, True Bud Barbecue. All right, folks, let me talk to you for a few minutes before we get Dave Bosca up about the Barbecue Guru, longest-running sponsor of the show. Look, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cooker, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why would you buy one from any other company on the face of the earth? I have no idea. Now, maybe you're not familiar with how these little beauties work. You know me. I'm not detail guy. But imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature. And once set, it keeps it running at that set pit temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real-life technology that you could take advantage of today. Now... You know, maybe you're a busy working professional like me, or perhaps you are constantly on the run with kids, doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperatures. Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, whatever you want. And then you're off to do whatever you need to get done during the course of the day. The Barbecue Guru maintains that pit temperature that you set it. It's fabulous. Currently, there's a number of different models to choose from. The most popular, the most new to the market is that CyberQ Wi-Fi, but a lot of people jumping in on the party queue at 130 bucks. It's the easiest point of entry for automatic pit temperature control devices. It goes on the ceramic-style cookers. It goes on the bullet smokers. It goes on the kettle grills. It runs on AA batteries, and it's a fully contained unit. There's not multiple parts that you have to worry about. You put it on one cooker, you take it off, take it to the next one. It's perfect. It's like, it's like the uh, hooker of automatic pit temperature. It goes from one to the next. Easy to move. AA batteries. Now, maybe you're in the market for a cooker. Onyx Oven, of course, doing very well on the competition circuit and in backyards all over the country. Fully insulated unit, holds a ton of meat, accommodates half and full pans for food service. And you know, because it's made by the Barbecue Guru, that if you get any type of Guru pit temperature control device, it's going to work with that seamlessly. So do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com and check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, give them a call directly, 800 800- 288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They will make sure that you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or the website, thebbqguru.com.
I say it every week. The barbecue guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. No doubt about it. All right. We're going to uh, load up with Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue. 935, Eric Thomas Rolling Grill. It's all barbecue pitmasters the first hour. Then we'll move into the second hour. It's going to be loads of fun. Stay tuned, won't you? You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we're back. Coming up on 14 past the hour, 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. My first guest tonight has been a loyal and appreciated sponsor of the show for a number of years. He is fresh off his appearance on Sunday night's opening show for Season 5 of Barbecue Pitmasters, currently ranked 11th in the KCBS Team of the Year standings. Let's go ahead and race right over the hotline. Welcome back. Good friend of the show, Pitmaster Butcher Barbecue, Dave Bosca joining us. David, how are you, buddy? Uh, we're doing good, Greg. Well, uh, first of all, congratulations on your ultimate success this past Sunday. Uh, you know, a few different places that we can start, but we'll, also, we'll start with the TV thing first, uh, and then we'll get into the new product towards the end of the segment. You know, big Sunday night for you, Butcher's Barbecue shows on the debut episode of the new season of Barbecue Pitmasters. Had you made an attempt to get on the show at some point before, Dave, or is this your first time? We sent a tape in, I think it was two or three years ago, but Lord, hell, looking at that tape, I wouldn't have accepted me then either. It, it was that big of a difference between the first time and this time? Actually, I really didn't send a tape in this time. They called us, oh, I don't know, it was in February, and asked if we would do a tape and just send it in to us so we can get a picture of it. And So we did one, sent it in, and just few days later they called and said hey congratulations you're in but we hadn't really sent it in in the time frame they'd said it was i don't even remember it was first or mid mid february whenever they called us and asked us if we would do this and um i wasn't real sure about it you know we're not into the slapstick and name calling tv stuff but you know, the first episode was so fun. We had a good time, learned a lot. Um, and so what, and I'd been asked many times, would I do it again? And my my first response was, was yeah, but just not next weekend. You know, you need a weekend <laughs> off in between everything like that. But it was fun. And I would highly recommend anybody that has aspirations to, that they'd like to do that, man, go for it. It is a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. But it is a lot of fun. So the, the turnaround process uh, between you know when they had contacted you originally and then when they had gotten back to you sounds like it was pretty quick then. Yeah, um, it was uh, first of March we did the filming, and yeah, it was it's pretty quick. They they accepted it. They saw shot us some contracts out, sent a camera, 
we did a lot of home video on. Um, some of that was on the show. Uh, sent it all back. They gave us the the, the dates because they well, I'm sorry, they already told us the dates. We knew we were going to be the, one of the first ones. And yeah, it was a pretty pretty quick roller coaster for us at the first side. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, recap the contest a bit here, Dave. And by the way, we're talking with Dave Bosco, Butcher Barbecue. The website, of course, butcherbbq.com. Always trust your butcher. Uh, ribs and pork butts to cook. You open the cooler, you see what's happening there. I imagine you're at least feeling pretty comfortable about the meats. It wasn't anything off the wall. No, I was actually pretty shocked. I I, I was expecting something that come out of the water. I mean, we're going to Florida. I was expecting gator fish. Something that comes out of the water, I was expecting to cook. Um, they did just just prior to that taping, what you see on TV. We're talking like the day before. Give us a list of possible meats, not what was or what will be on it, but possible meats. And it was it's a little lengthy, and we're noticing there's nothing on there that's that's seafood, water, or anything. And I'm like, well, all right, this might be barbecue this year. Do you think that they had heard, we're speculating at this point, but do you think that they had heard so much negative of all the weirdo stuff that uh, finally the, the true barbecue was kind of honed down into at least your episode? Yeah, they, they've been listening. I remember in the conversation, I don't remember if it was that one or the next one, but they they were talking about they were getting back to the roots of what brought it. They They realized season two, and they don't even like season two. They're like that's taboo to them. They they don't like it, so they they probably will never do anything like that again. Uh, but they definitely want barbecue. They're they're not getting exotic, uh, but it's it's going to be barbecue this year. So you're ending up cooking. I mean, pork butt you have no problem with. You cook that, you know, every weekend that you are cooking. You cook ribs too. But are you typically cooking spares in the competitions that you would do any other weekend aside from this show, or is this a little bit of a, a departure for what you would normally cook? No, we can, we cook spare ribs. So that was when I opened that up. I was like, "All right, that's okay. This is another weekend." Um, but I will say, uh, we said that, but that's not how how it plays out. You know, we cook four categories every weekend, and I will tell you, this two category cook off is probably the toughest cook off I've ever done. <laughs> um, and it is no doubt uh, when you're filming. When you're cooking with the camera in your face, cooking with two two people following you around everywhere everywhere you go, and you got to make a move two and three times, and that's just something we're not used to. When you go to put your meat in the smoker, you may have to do it three times till they get it on film just the way they want it. Does that really throw and, off kind of the, the timing of your whole aspect? You're used to just hitting the marks, getting the stuff in when you need it. You're not being told at a competition, Dave, uh, take it out and, and put it back in. We missed that. Does that kind of screw with your timing? It, no, it's not that they were saying we missed that. They wanted different angles of it going in, different angles of you carrying it, different angles of, from the camera shot. Not necessarily that they would say that they missed you doing this or missed you doing that. Yeah. It was a lot more of, you know, every team had one camera and one producer. Um, so that camera had to move positions for you for the, to make the show right. Dave Bosca joining us here on the show. Um, you know, the thing that I got a lot of emails on, I'm sure you got the same thing. Uh, and I have, I, I'm still fascinated by pe- people asking me questions about people that are on TV because it's not me. 
uh, was this Bosca muscle in the pork butt, which uh, <laughs> now, to be completely upfront, I actually saw you do this at the Miami-Oklahoma contest, and we kind of had uh, a small discussion about it. But for the people that don't know, uh, you kind of went into the... This is going to sound weird, but you kind of went into the butt and, and discover like this whole new muscle. What is it, and how did you find it? Well, I'm going to retract from the way you questioned me going into the butt and finding a muscle. I know. That, I'm that, like, that God, sound right. there's just no way I can uh, say it. That's not going to. My wife is I yelling know, at me. I know. The other. How else would you describe it? But um, <laughs> let's see. There is. Is to typically two muscles around the H bone in the pork butt that one, a lot of people call the, a little small one on the the bottom side uh, horn muscle. Some people call the large one the horn muscle. Um, it, I, I've heard it both, and I just kind of listen to what they're talking about before I agree to which one they're talking about. But the top one is the, the large one is what a lot of a lot of us use. I I cook picnics in contest, and that muscle does connect to the picnic. And I was using a muscle out of the picnic for a while, and so I was pretty familiar with it. And cooking it is the key. It's it's you can overcook it very quick, and there's a great chance it can dry out even faster. Um, so when you cook it, that's that's the trick to that muscle. Yeah. Is this something that you are, you know, regularly turning in at contests now to, you know, we always talk about separating yourself from the pack, not necessarily with obnoxious flavor profiles, but trying to do something in the box that separates you from what has become increasingly a vanilla style turn in box. Is this something that you're doing right now, adding this extra muscle in? Let's say that box is probably 90% of what I turn in on a regular basis. So, what was seen on TV is probably 90% of what I normally do. All right. So uh, pretty uh, pretty standard of what you're doing every weekend. Uh, how would you say, you, you said it wasn't like you know any other competition that you've cooked before, but I mean, how would you say that this compares to what you would normally do on any other given weekend? Oh, I think this was much harder. There's a lot at stake. Um, you're, you will know on a regular weekend if your stuff is good or bad. Well... Now the whole whole world will know um, on one weekend, one time, one piece of meat. Um, generally, you can go to the awards and go, well, my pork butt was a little bit off, uh, but my other three categories uh, were strong enough, it'll carry me through. Well, here, you only got two pieces of meat. Um, if one of them's off, you're, you're sunk. You're done. You, you won't win against two other good pit masters with one of them not being good and one of them being just so-so. Uh, you don't have that luxury because one of the two other gentlemen or ladies will cook it properly and will make it right. Um, so there's a lot at stake there, um, and I think that's the biggest difference of the, t- of the two. Dave Bosca joining us here on the show, ButcherBBQ.com is his website if you want to check it out while we're talking here. Dave, kind of a little bit of a departure here, but you know, are you good with the judges? I mean, Tuffy and Myra and I can see, but... Look, we're going back to this guest judge thing, and you, I mean, what's worse than having Al Baker? I mean, is he qualified to say what is or what isn't good barbecue? He, he, you know, he, I don't know how he comes across to everybody else on that. He was a little nervous. I think he was probably more nervous up there than us three cooks that was out in front of him. 
I don't think he wanted to mess up, and he was trying so hard to not mess up. But what a lot of people didn't realize is, man, it was 35 degrees there in Florida. <laughs> we were just a few hundred yards from the ocean. The wind was blowing about 20 miles an hour. It was dang cold. And this big old boy did not bring anything but a short sleeve shirt. That's because, he Dave, he be. played 15 years in Cleveland, Ohio, baby. That's right. <laughs> he knows what cold is. <laughs> yeah, he... He knew good barbecue, and, and good barbecue is good barbecue. I don't care where you go, what it is. It's just a matter of what flavor hits what profile on your tongue. And he had different flavors than the other two. But the other two, I think, had what I would call competition flavors preset in their mind. They eat pork yep. butt and ribs every weekend yep. just like we do. They taste it. He doesn't. Um, I would say he was probably closer to what the general public eats and likes than the other two. I mean, everybody will eat competition barbecue and say, oh, my God, that's great food. But sometimes it's so rich or so strong or so powerful in one way or the other as far as spices that it's not – it's hard to sit down and eat a plate full of it. Um, But with what he was liking – because we got to see the whole thing from start to finish on what they judged versus what was on the actual editing part. Yeah, He had some good insights. He he talked about a couple of the other foods that the, the other two didn't. Um, so, no, I think he made a fine judge. Uh, I don't know if he did any more episodes. I, that I don't know, but... Uh, no, he did a fine job. I, I can't. I wouldn't say he didn't do a good job. On a business side, Dave, do you expect to see some kind of a, a spike or an increase in product sales because of the exposure from the show? Yes, it has. <laughs> Better than expected? Um, um, not sooner than expected, but it definitely has. We've my website took let's see a uh, five and a half times increase. Oh wow on hits all um, in the first 48 hours, um, looking at analytics and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's happened. Yeah. All right, so let's switch gears here, Dave. We've got about five minutes or so. And, you know, aside from being on TV, being a very successful competition cook, you're also the creator of and the seller of the Butcher Barbecue products, the beef, the pork injections, the prime injections, the rubs and sauces, all doing very well. But a little while back, an item called Bird Booster made its way into the products offering portfolio as well. What can you tell us about that? Bird Booster, I have wanted to come out with a chicken injection. I am That's, that's what I do. I inject. Um, there's a large demand for getting chicken right in the barbecue world. Um, so my philosophy with a product is, is what is the demand for and how many people have that demand, okay? The, the, the thing, and everybody talks about chicken this, chicken that. There was some, there's products out there that, that help with chicken, um, but the problem that I had with it is that it wasn't easy to do. It had a fine line between overdone and change the profile completely like it would get salty or something. Right. So I wanted a product that was easy to use that you could, I, I myself have used this since the end of last year, uh, about August, I started using it. Um, but what, I don't care how long you let it soak in it, inject with it. It's not going to 
do curate or do nature the, the product at all. Uh, I do mine overnight. Um, the stuff is great. It, it, it won't kill your product for you. But I wanted a flavored product. Uh, I wanted something that had flavor to it more than chicken. That's the reason we got the four flavors in it. We're working on a, a fifth one now. We had another one out that we were playing with. When we first came out with it, it was going to be a lemon pepper product. We couldn't get the grind on the pepper proper enough to go through an injection needle. So we backed that out, and we're still playing with that, but that's not on the front burners. We're working with other flavors now. But when you actually soak or brine chicken, the test that we've done, this is not scientific. This is just doing it, and this is the basis of how other products are marketed and used. Uh, take brines or soaks or anything like that. We took chicken, we took uh, thighs, we weighed them in a raw state, and then we soaked them in that, and then we injected with ours. We pulled them out after one hour and reweighed them. Pulled them out in two hours and did it. Did it three, did it four. That's the recommended time for doing a brine. Um, the brine product gained on the average about a 7% gain in weight. That's So that's moisture, which is flavor, which is good. Right. Our bird booster product had gained 21 to 22% gain. Oh, wow. Three times. You. Yeah, you well, not only that, but you take a chicken thigh and add 25% moisture, man, it's going to retain that much more. So I thought, okay, let's take this a step farther. Let's go overnight with it. Let's give it the benefit of the doubt. Let's see if a brined product will gain even more. It didn't gain any more. Mine did not gain any more. Hmm. So apples to apples on that. Overnight, it, it retained the same amount. And that did too. So, and you can't really emulate every single cooking method, every single cooker, every hot spot. So what I did, I took the product out of it and I put it on a raised uh, cookie sheet to where everything could drip off of it. Let it just, if it's going to purge out, it's going to come out. So I did that with all the product. I now reweighted it. Every single product only lost less than 1% weight. Really? So what it did gain in the brine product and the bird booster product, it all held it. So everything gained what it, what it was supposed to and everything held what it was supposed to. So it's now a question of do you want a 7% gain or do you want a 21, 22% gain? Sure, and that's uh, that easy simple? enough, right? I mean, that's an, an easy enough question to answer. And this is something you can get right at butcherbbq.com, of course. Yes, sir. All right, let me ask you this question and, before and, I... And, go several, ahead. and several retailers around the United States are killing it, carrying it, too, so yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this question before I let you go, uh, Dave. You know, pork butts get injected, briskets get injected, now chicken is uh, going to be getting injected. What does a butcher barbecue have to do to get a rib injection going on in the market now? That Funny you say that. Oh, my um, God. I was kidding. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is I received an email this last weekend where a gentleman used the bird booster on his ribs. Really? Uh, yes, yes. He And the bird booster has a chicken base in it. And so I don't know if he had a feathered rib or a, or a bony chicken. That I don't know. But he used it, and he says it was dynamite. Um, and I... I Need to ask if you use the herb, the chipotle, the the honey. I, I didn't ask, but I need to find out. 
but he said he did inject his ribs with it, and it was fabulous. Hmm. Well, I guess that could so, possibly translate into doing that with pork butt, too, then. Why not? Pork's pork, right? Probably so. Probably so. Why not? Yep. Uh, all right, so I'm going to let you go, but next time we're totally talking about horse meat, whether you want to or not. Good enough for the girls I run with. All right. Uh, Dave Bosca is the pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue, currently 11th in the KCBS Team of the Year. They won the debut season of Barbecue Pitmasters Season 5 this past Sunday, which I'm sure you can get on reruns. Visit ButcherBBQ.com. Order all the products. You'll be happy you did. Dave, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on tonight. Hey, thanks a lot. You got it. There he is, Dave Bosca. Butcher Barbecue. You know what I like about Dave? He gets out right on time. Wow. I mean, that couldn't have been timed more perfect. Sometimes I have to hit the pause button to make sure I give guests enough room. He's a pro's pro. And obviously, he just won the friggin' TV show. He knows how to hit marks, folks. Hire Dave Bosque for your next acting job. Watch out. Uh, Brad Pitt. Not the looks department. All right, folks, a public service announcement to uh, all the la- uh, ladies, daughters. Guess what? In a couple weeks, it's Father's Day. You want to go to Stephen DeFranco to make sure that you are outfitting dads with a succulent timepiece. StephenDeFranco.com. D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O. Go to StephenDeFranco.com. Check out all of the watches that he has for retail right now. Now, once you find the watch, these are the most important and key steps to take because you're going to save a lot of money because that's where I do all of my jewelry shopping. I have two watches from him. Uh, my wife has diamond earrings and rings and uh, necklaces and all of this great bracelets. All stuff that you wouldn't get if I didn't have a friend in the industry, folks. Hey, what do we talk about? Do you want a friend in the jewelry industry because you want to save cash? Now you can. You would visit stephendefranco.com and then you call him once you find it. Because if you don't live locally here in Cleveland or Willoughby, you're probably going to have to go on the internet to find it. But once you do, call him. 440-943-2700. 440 440- 943-2700 and then you ask for Steve. Sometimes Steve doesn't answer the phone. Ask for Steve and then say, hey, I'm Johnny Smith and I'm a centralite. I listen to the Barbecue Central show every Tuesday and Greg is always talking about how I should call you. Well, I found this watch or this whatever it is and I want the barbecue brother and sister hookup. Watch the dollars fall off and then value added items such as free shipping. If you live in California, if you live in Maine, if you live in Florida, no problem. It all ships to you for free. When you get the watch, you get the Stephen DeFranco uh, extra watch package, which gives you an extra year of manufacturer's warranty on the watch. If you want to engrave it for your dad or for your husband or whatever the case may be, you can engrave it for free. It is, of course, gift-wrapped for free. And as I mentioned, ships for free. So it's really a bunch of value-added stuff going on at Stephen DeFranco. And it's not just watches, although you're probably going to get them at a huge discount right now, especially when we're hovering right around Father's Day. Uh, so you visit stephendefranco.com, then you call Steve, 440-943-2700. And then you say, hey, give me the barbecue brother and sister hookup. I am down. Stephen DeFranco, barbecue jeweler to the stars. All right, we continue Pitmaster Talk with Eric Thomas right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give 
All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. All right, let's stay with the Pitmasters talk. My next guest was also on Season 5 debut this past Sunday. The Pitmaster of the Rolling Grill, and if I'm not mistaken, rolling the grills out as we speak. Let's welcome first time to the show, Eric Thomas. Eric, what's hey, up, buddy? Greg. How are you doing, buddy? Man, man, nice to talk to you. Uh, I will. I certainly appreciate you joining me tonight, Eric. Uh, are you like uh, seriously rolling out as we speak? Actually, I'm uh, actually doing an event tomorrow for a good friend of mine. So I'm in the backyard right now, just smoking a few briskets for him. Gotcha. Well, the uh, audio fidelity is absolutely fabulous. I'm going to go ahead and add your uh, logo up here while we're talking. So uh, let me ask you, before we get into you know the, uh, the Pitmasters and the TV talk, if you could, maybe a little background about yourself and how you got involved with this whole barbecue deal. Shall do. Oh, before I do that, though, I, you know, I, I need to make sure I do what Chad told me to do, Chad, where he wanted me to let, him know, let you know that he just did a very strong interview with me, and I need to give him the Make sure I I, I pump uh, whiskey bit in the pit. Yes. Just so well, you know. Nothing like a shameless self-promotion from Chadley Von Wart. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, anyway, man, you know, I got started back in, I used to be a telecom engineer. That was my profession. Um, back in 2004 is when the Rolling Grill, you know, started. But I got laid off from my job. So uh, the first time I got laid off, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do, man. I've always cooked all my life. It's always been my passion, but I had no idea what I was going to do. Uh, the by the grace of God, I got called back you know, maybe about four months later to my job and stayed on another year. And in 2005, I got laid off again because the company got sold. So I fell back on what I love to do, which was cook. And and that's pretty much how the Rolling Grill started, man. Since 2005, I've been rolling strong. Like I say, it's had its ups and downs. It ain't been a financial moneymaker, but it's what I love to do. You know, it's my passion. And, and, and you know, I feel strongly about, you know, uh, about about it. You know, I've been doing it since then, so I ain't turned back yet. So is this more of so the cooking is job first, uh, not like uh, this is just something you're doing on the side? No, not at all, not at all, not at all. It's it's actually what I do for a living. You know, yeah, I'm a wow. personal chef and caterer, and um, you know, I've been like I said, I've been doing the barbecue thing probably since 2005. I started off doing all kind of catering, but the rec- most the biggest request what I, that I was getting from down here in the south was barbecue. Everybody down here loves to eat it 365 days a year, so. You know, that's I just start building packages around what everybody was requesting. And, you know, lo and behold, man, it's just been I've, I've gathered a little following and it's, it's just been a great, you know, not, you know, a great success for me. You know, like I say, financially, you know, it's had its ups and downs, man. But when you love to do what you do and it don't feel like work, you'll deal with the financial part of it. Eric Thomas joining us here on the show, a website, therollinggrill.com. You can find him on Facebook as well, uh, slash therollinggrill, uh, facebook.com, of course. Uh, had you tried to get on Pitmasters before, Eric, or is this your first time? Actually, this is my second time. I actually right. tried in 2003. You know, we did probably what you would consider a horrible video, man. We were just being ourselves, though. But um, I don't think we spent enough time around the pit talking about cooking, and we were just talking more about us and how we love to chug a, a natural light or two. So uh, I don't think they too much care for that. So this is actually my second time trying to trying to get on. Actually, is there a certain prestige uh, that you feel comes along with being on the show? Does it show people that you know you're kind of in an upper echelon, so to speak? Um, well, speaking for myself, I just think it's a combination of what I've done for so many years. You know, like I said, I I didn't when I started this business, 
I didn't even have a truck to pull my trailer. I didn't even have a truck to pull my, my smoker. You know, I stepped out on faith, man. And, and, you know, I rented trucks and I borrowed uh, trucks and, and vans from people that I knew, man. So for me, I don't, I don't think it's about pumping your chest out about prestige. I just think for me, it's more about, you know, just being thankful, man, for how, how far I've come with it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's been a long road. And it culminated with being on Barbecue Pit Mass. It's like icing on the cake for me, bro. All right, so let's talk about the cook on the show just uh, for a couple minutes here, Eric. You know, I imagine given the fact that you cook in multiple sanctioning bodies, uh, you're pretty comfortable around, you know, whether it be an indoor kitchen or obviously outdoor on the smoker, you got to be pretty comfortable with pork ribs and butts, right? Oh, yeah, very much so. I was, I, you know, I was, I was surprised to see it. Just like David, but I was happy to see it because, I mean, I think it's something that we were all three of us were comfortable with that. So it was even kill. You either screw it up or you get it right. How did you well, how did the cook go for you? I mean, we're seeing it in a certain way as the edited product. But in the raw format, is it something that was, you know, pretty standard to what we saw in the finished product? Or were there other things that happened that maybe we didn't get to see? Well, uh, I mean, it was pretty much standard. I would just say for, you know, for myself, I mean, you know, we had to deal with that cold, man. That cold was a was a beast. And, and people don't you don't see it on the show. I don't know if they edited all the fall coming out of our mouths when we were sitting in front of the judges. But I mean, we were knees were knocking. It was extremely cold. So for me, cooking on a stick burner, I had to really fuel the, that pit as best I could just to even deal with the, the cold by itself. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's the element that everybody doesn't see. You think Florida, you think sunny weather, but it was cold as hell. So, you know, when it's 35 degrees out there, you know, Dave and Big Jim were cooking on Fast Eddie cookers. You know, they can bring 700, 800 pounds of pellets and they just dump it right in the hopper. They're off and running if the thing is consuming because of weather. But you have that stick burner. Um, I had one for a number of years myself. So, look, when it's cold out, just, you know, simple physics takes over. You have to burn hotter and the fuel is going to get consumed more quickly to keep it up to temperature versus being in a, you know, a nice uh, 90 degree day. Were you afraid at all that you might have not packed enough wood to get you through that cook? You know what? I wasn't. I did my research on the weather before I got there. And instead of doing white and red oak, I've actually got a guy here in Georgia who has post oak. So post oak, what a lot of people probably don't know is post oak burns a lot hotter than white or red oak. So I'm sitting there pumping post oak in the, in the smoker and it's actually keeping it just where I need to keep it late. And I mean, early in the morning when it's freezing cold and I'm not having as much of a problem because that post oak will burn hotter and it'll burn much longer than just regular, simple white or red oak. So, you know, I, I, I ran three woods, but the majority of the night I was running post oak and that post oak was working like a charm for me. You know, I think it's unique in the fact that pellet cookers have really had a, a, well, I don't know if it's a renaissance or just a kind of an eye-opening experience to the general public ever since Traeger had lost that patent on the auger. And I don't want to say offsets have gone by the wayside because obviously the Jambo pit and the Lang smokers like you were using have really seen, uh, A, a long-standing tradition in victory and doing well in competitions, uh, but also kind of getting a little bit more of a resurgence since the pellet cookers have seen a number of success over the last four or five years. What I mean, what's the key to burning like a nice, clean fire? I mean, you get a offset and somebody doesn't know what they're doing. I mean, it is easily a nightmare waiting to happen, right? Exactly. You're exactly right. I think the, the key to it for me, um, I burn, I've been burning lump charcoal, starting off in a chimney, fire, a chimney starter and then throwing it in the pit and putting my wood on top and just burning it down until it's black. 
you know, until there's absolutely no smoke coming out of that chimney. And that's been working perfectly for me. And I think that's just the mis- that's the misconception a lot of people have. They think smoke cooks the meat. Smoke does not cook the meat. Smoke is basically just the flavor of the meat. You know, you still got to cook it with heat. And to see, fl- I think a lot of guys get intimidated when they see flames in the firebox. But that's what you want to see because that's what's going to keep that cooker hot. You need flames. And the smoke is just an extra added bonus to give you a, a, a nice bit of flavor. But uh, just to burn it down to coals, I think, is a misconception a lot of people don't understand. you got to burn it down until it's almost black like char. Eric Thomas joining us here on the show, therollinggrill.com, the website if you want to check it out while we're talking. You know, ask Dave this question, Eric. I'll get your take on it, too, when we're talking about the judges. You know, obviously, Tuffy and Myron, well-established, pretty much no explanation needed, but they drop Aaron Franklin to bring in a guest judge. This time it's Al Bubba Baker sitting down, who I know because I'm from Cleveland and he was a Cleveland Brown. Is he worthy of judging your barbecue? Uh, Is he good enough, or would you have liked to have seen somebody else up there uh, with a palate that might be a little bit more barbecue sharp? You know what? I'm going to be quite honest with you, um, and I'm not going to pull no punches. To me, if you're going to judge a competition, I don't have any problem with him judging, but I just think if you're going to judge a competition-style cook and you have a restaurant, you should have cooked some competitions. That's just my personal opinion. I have no problems with him. I just think if you're going to choose some judges that have restaurants and that's their that's their background just because they have a restaurant you got to come with some competition creds because we don't cook comp we don't cook restaurant food competition barbecue is far superior to restaurant food so you got to understand it's a different kind of finesse that goes into competition cooking and it's not just going to be your standard basic you know um put it in a smoker uh and take it out and cut it i mean it's just it's a lot of finesse that goes into cooking barbecue and I just think, to me, I just think it would have been better fit for somebody that maybe had both of the credentials. I understand. I, I would like to see somebody with both of the credentials. I think Melissa, perfect. Bubba, when Bubba Lattimore was on there, perfect. Because they come from that kind of background. So I don't have a problem with Bubba. I just think, you know, he even said for me and Dave's food, both, he's the sweet. You know, if you cook competition food, man, you know, a lot of people like the sweet. Yeah. You got to cook for the judges, not for your personal palate. And I just think he should have left personal preference to the side. So, and, you know, let me piggyback on that just for a second. So when you see it's Bubba Baker and that he's not necessarily what one would consider to be a uh, restaurateur who also competes on the circuit, are you then cooking to get two thirds of the judges vote and, and just kind of leaving him out of the out of the, the setting in your mindset? Or are you still trying to get all three? No, in my mindset, I'm just cooking for all three. You know, I'm cooking the style of barbecue that I know how to cook, you know, that I cook on a competition, uh, the competition circuit. That's the kind of barbecue I was cooking. You know, I didn't think, you know, he would have a problem with sweet. Honestly, when I was, you know, doing the the, the brown sugar and, and, you know, the sweet stuff that we do to finish off ribs. And it's so funny. He, he didn't like the rib. He didn't like the sweetness of the ribs. But the same glaze, the same barbecue sauce I use for the ribs, I use for the pork butt. You know, so it just, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but, you know, I just think sometimes when you cook, when, you, when you're judging competition barbecue, you got to kind of leave your personal preferences to the side and just kind of go with, go with the feel, the texture, the taste. Judge it for what it is, taste, texture, and appearance. It's not about, there's no category that says personal, personal preference. Eric Thomas bringing it strong here on the show tonight, and I appreciate that. Uh, you finished runner-up, uh, so you know second place out of uh, three really good pitmasters, uh, yourself obviously included. You know, what are you hoping to get out of the appearance, Eric? What do you What do you think is? Do you think you're going to get any more TV offers? You just happy to be on there? I mean, what would you like to see come out of it? 
honestly, man, I'm like I said, I was just happy to be on there, man. It was a, you know, for me, man, for my girls and my kids to see me on TV, man, doing what they know daddy loves to do and what I've done for years with no cameras. That was, that was, you know, humble enough for me, man. I was, I was pleased with just that. But I mean, if sponsorships and whatever come from that, that's great too, man. I love to run in a circuit cooking competition barbecue. Trust me, you know, the the only thing that's kept me back is, you know, financially, man, I cook barbecue for a living. So I've had to, you know, cut back on a bit of the competitions just to make maintain home. But I mean, you know, whatever comes from it, I'm good with it, man. If nothing comes from it, it's still what I love to do. It's my passion and I'm still going to damn cook it, whether somebody calls and offers me you know, another spot on TV or not. It's, it's I've done it for nine years without a without eight years without an offer to be on TV, and I'll continue to do it. You know, I mentioned in the open that you kind of cook across sanctioning bodies. You've been in KCBS, you've been in IBCA, you've probably done FBA as well since you're kind of around that region. Do you have a favorite sanctioning body to cook in, and if so, why do you like it so much? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I think they're all they all are cool. The only the the first GCI one was actually in IBCA, and I have an appreciation for IBCA because. It's not just one panel of judges that judge your food. They taste it once and then they come back and taste it again. You know, so I, I've got a, a big, res- a, a lot of respect for IBCA. And, and, I, and I like the way they do it in the FBA, too. But, you know, I, don't, I have no problem with KCBS. I mean, I don't have no pro- I have no problem putting the, the lettuce in the, in the parsley in the box, man. I just want to be judged fairly. At the end of the day, you just want to be judged fairly. And you just want to... I think for me, basically, it's just you just want to be judged fairly. It doesn't matter. Any any sanctioning body at the end of the day, it's it's about the cook. You know, it's about how you did your food and, and whether or not it tastes good. And that's going to be good, whether or not it's IBCA, FBA or, or KCBS. So it really doesn't matter to me. Are there any contests that you would love to win before you just hang up the, the competition shoes at some point? Eric? <sighs> Man, you know, I mean, I think it's every barbecue guys dream man to go to the you know the american royal you know the um jack daniels and now the world food championship i want to be like big dave i want to be like my my hero dave boskick and win the 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 world food championship there you go um all right eric thomas is the pit master of the rolling grill uh you can find him again the website the rolling grill.com or facebook.com slash rolling grill eric really appreciate the time tonight thanks for breaking down that show man let's do it again soon all right Sounds good, Greg. Thanks for having me on, guy. All right, you got it. There he is. Eric Thomas. Look at, man, look at these TV guys hitting spots. Come on now. Perfect. I am not upgrading to the newest version of Skype because it stinks. Thank you for coming. All right, guys, you know what I love to do, right? Aside from talking to you every Tuesday. Affectionately, I love to do that the most. Uh, Regardless of this time of year, I love to cook on my grills and smokers. If you have a charcoal-fired outdoor cooking appliance... (laughs) By the way, in the chat room, West Coast celebrity Neil, Big Mista, Strawder. I encourage you to give Kebro Hardwood uh, Hardwood Lump Charcoal a try for your next cooking session. Quite simply, one of the best-kept secrets around used by award-winning barbecue competition teams and backyard warriors... Just like this guy. That's right. Kebroke hardwood charcoal made from natural hardwood trees without any additives. And they only use high-quality wood for their charcoal, not scrap wood or any other waste or additives. This is the real charcoal that humans have made for thousands of years. And now we finally left the caves and the mud huts and gone on to our decks and patios to enjoy from there. 
All-natural hardwood charcoal performs significantly better than regular charcoal. It burns longer, hotter, produces lower amounts of ash. But I'm telling you, as someone who has used it now for four or five weekends straight and a couple times during the week for high, hot grilling sessions, the taste that will impart on your food second to none. Visit kebroke.com. That's K-E-B-R-O-A-K.com to find out more about this product. They ship to continental U.S. states through Amazon.com. Check it out. Amazon offers free shipping on all their bags. The most attractive option is that 40-pound bag, which you can get for roughly a dollar a pound. That's $1 per pound of high-quality hardwood charcoal that you you can't find it locally, and it's delivered right to your door by Amazon.com. No more hassles of dragging bags through supermarkets, getting your card full of dust or dirty. You just have it delivered to you. Open the box, take it right to your grill, light, and enjoy. It's just that easy. And again, I've been cooking on it every weekend for the last three weekends, Saturday and Sunday. And then a couple times during the week, last night, I put uh, maybe a pound or two in my pit barrel cooker, took the weed torch, lit it up, and then did those salt potatoes that I love to do. Salt potatoes are like this big. little EVOO, a little salt, and then boom, on the cooker for about 25, 30 minutes. Pop in your mouth like chicken biscuits. They are so good. All right, it's a secret of Southern Miami for years, now ready for the world to enjoy, Kebro Charcoal. And again, hit the archives on the website. Listen to my conversation I had with Sebastian Bussert uh, over this past weekend. Kebro Charcoal, get yours now. K-E-B-R-O-A-K.com or you can uh, check it out at Amazon.com. We'll be back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. I'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back, 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com if you are interested in jumping in. Thanks to Dave Boska for joining me at 914. We talked about how he uh, castrated the competition. Just kidding. How he uh, won the debut season opener. The debut season opener. The debut. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, the debut season opener. Pitmasters fire. Can I test for it? Am I okay? I can do it. Okay. Uh, and also about Bird Booster, which you can find at ButcherBBQ.com. ButcherBBQ.com, Bird Booster. Injection up for your chicken. Um, I don't know if you got that 
question uh, from Randy Hill, David, but he was asking about using Burden Booster in pork butt. Uh, I will go back and section out the particular interview conversation that I had with David about me talking about butts and muscles and butts because that's crazy. Ain't nobody got time for that. No way. Never doing that. Uh, and then, of course, thanks to Eric Thomas from The Rolling Grill. Oh, uh oh. What'd I do? What'd I do? Gotta get rid of that. Okay. So he, you know, this is a guy that is very fascinating. We're going to have him back on for sure. Uh, but a guy who, you know, we always talk about, you know, who can make a living out of doing barbecue. Hey, guess what? Eric is making a living out of doing barbecue. Getting rewarded with a TV show. Obviously had a great personality. Uh, the shortest one in the bunch, for sure. But I think uh, maybe that was well played by some of our TV executives. You know, being a TV executive that I am, I know, you know, I kind of have a, uh, an eye for it, if you know what I mean. Um, but I think it's very admirable that he is on and uh, that here's a guy who, look, uh, nobody knows being laid off more than this guy, right? And he said, hey, I'm going to throw caution to the wind. I'm going to take the risk. I love grilling. I'm in an area that is craving it. Seems like a match made in heaven. Why not try and actually make a living doing it? I'm going to put in the hours. I'm going to put in the work. We'll do the marketing. We'll do all this great stuff that nobody wants to do. I mean, the cooking part seems great, but there's all the other stuff that you have to do to make the business viable and grow and be profitable. Remember, around these parts, being a sales hack, profit is not a dirty word. You want to get my barbecue? You're going to pay, buddy, through the nose. Uh, so uh, thanks to them. All right. I am going to uh, step away to, uh, as they say, refuel. Uh, don't forget, coming up at the 10 o'clock hour, Lin Chi will be talking MasterChef. So uh, three of the four tonight is TV-related. Yeah, I'm uh, using Purell in my hands because I'm just uh, that kind of a freak these days. And then uh, 10.35, Scott Roberts will be joining us to do the sauce and rub reviews which he comes on every month can't wait for that wondering uh, if i'm going to be spending money or saving money at the 1035 segment depending on uh, you know what scott has to say so uh you do what i do we're going to step away take this time to say hi to everybody in the chat room or uh, let everybody know you're listening to the show and uh, we'll be back right after this you're listening to the barbecue central show right here on the barbecue central radio networks board here for the really big barbecue show we cook because we have to and we grill because we want to fine how's it going 
You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate fifty four wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, you shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working right now. Who's top men? All right, just like that, we're in the second hour. Boom. Uh, if you want to jump in on the show tonight, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show if you want to, greg at the BBQ Central Show tonight. <laughs> dot com. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. Uh, don't forget, uh, Twitter at Facebook. Let everybody know you're listening to the show. Send them to the video portion. OutdoorCookingChannel.com. Don't forget, you can watch it on Roku as well. You download the Outdoor Cooking Channel app on Roku, and then you go right to the live stream. It'll be the first option right next to my face for my archives on Roku. Uh, or you can get it audio-wise on the website, TheBBQCentralShow.com. If you have a smart device, you can stream it through TuneIn Radio. T-U-N-E-I-N Radio. TuneIn Radio. It's a free download. Stream it. Boom. Still to come tonight, MasterChef contestant Lynn Chi and sauce and rub reviewer extraordinaire, the official one of this show, Scott Roberts. So stay this tuned is for that. From Chalote, North Carolina, All right. This is Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, on the show next week, definitely your one of your favorite monthly recurring guests, a troublemaker to boot, Meathead Goldwyn, amazing rib doctor. As I had mentioned earlier in the open, uh, trying to get Tim Grant of True Good, uh, True Good, True Bud Barbecue, also efforting a little Myron Mixon action, but haven't heard back from him. He's very popular these days, so it might be a couple days till I hear back from him. Uh, also, the Sam's Club series rolled in. They had the week off uh, during Memorial Day that weekend. No Sam's Club series, but now are back in full swing. Uh, the Sam's Club series rolled into North, North, hi, New Lips, North Charleston, South Carolina this past weekend. Uh, this was a local qualifier that feeds into the Hendersonville, Tennessee regional final, which will take place on September 14th, 2013. And the top six teams moving on to the regional final in Hendersonville, Tennessee, are Grand Champion with a 678 Whalen's wickedly good cue. Is that like Whalen Jennings? I hope so. Reserve Grand Champion. Killer Bees Barbecue. Watch out for that. Killer Bees, very dangerous, having a very good year, but uh, roughly four points behind. So, you know, in competition terms, a veritable ass-kicking handed out by Whalen's wickedly good Q in comparison to the rest of the team with a 678. Uh, third place, Up in Smoke, 669. Uh, Chatham Artillery Barbecue going in fourth place, 668 points and change. Backwoods Barbecue at 664, and Smokin' Stacks rounds out the top six teams that are punching their tickets. Again, to the Hendersonville, Tennessee Regional, which will take place on September 14th and or later this year. They had a 663, so uh, you're looking at roughly a 15-point range between 1 and 6. You know, Typically, at least over this course of the year uh, or in this season, the top six scores have ranged, uh, in, in, well, in a very small range, let's say it like that. So, you know, 13 points, 14 points is uh, quite sizable. 
when you're looking at uh, how they have been ranging this year. So I'm very anxious to see, you know, as these regional rounds start to, uh, start to close out. We had Las Vegas uh, that closed out a couple weeks ago, and I believe Hendersonville is going to be set to close next, and then uh, there are uh, two more to go, all culminating down in the final event, which is in Bentonville, Arkansas, uh, later in October. So uh, always excited to see how the Sam's Club thing is going to be working out. Folks, and then there's this. Oh, sweet Lord. You know, I debated long and hard, hard, on if this is something I should even bring up. And I went back and forth, and I'm like, you know, I feel like for both the the men centralites and the women centralites, I would be doing myself and my friends a disservice if I didn't possibly bring this up and at least draw attention to the tomfoolery, the hijinks, the misinformation that is being spewed long and uh, long, long and far, far and wide, whatever the case may be. And I said, you know, as much as I just want to let it go, I can't do it. Got to get it out. I want to make sure that we're all on the same page here. You don't know if you saw this. Uh, The actor Michael Douglas was all over the place talking about, yeah, uh, mouth cancer. Look, first and foremost, let's never make light of someone contracting cancer, right? Never. Cancer sucks no matter where you get it or what brand or style of cancer you're getting. It's a bad thing. We can all agree on that, right? So I'm not trying to make light of any cancer-receiving situation, first and foremost. However, if the old adage holds true, if nothing else kills you, cancer will, then contracting it the way Michael Douglas said he did probably isn't the worst thing ever. Uh, Look, if you missed it, and this is a beauty, Michael Douglas has made the claim that having too much And I preface this by saying, can there be too much? By having too much oral sex, that led him down the road to mouth cancer. Mouth cancer. No. Not the years of smoking, and I believe he has pretty much been an avid smoker like all of his life, uh, adult-wise. But no, it's not the years of cigarette smoking, not the years of alcoholic drinking. No, no, no. The always cancerous. Highly dangerous and most widely known way to get cancer, oral sex is the one to blame on this one, folks. That's right. You know, I remember getting the, the crap scared out of me as a youngster by the sex ed teacher. You know, I'm sure, uh, you know, all the guys, uh, you know, that had sex ed back in the day, right? Boys, if you do that oral sex too much to your lady friend, you're going to end up with the mouth cancer. Uh, Oh, wait. That never happened. You know why? Uh, Oral sex isn't going to give you mouth cancer, fools. Sorry, Mike. That's not happening. That's some bad information you're spreading there. You know, my man, Michael Douglas, has, to coin a phrase from Charles Ramsey uh, just a few weeks ago, my man has some big testicles to let that line loose. I mean, look, the last time I checked, he's married. 
to a pretty well-known celebrity, too. You know, I'm sure Catherine Zeta-Jones is ecstatic right now, knowing that her man is exposing her giner as a cancer-causing orifice. Mike, bro, if you were looking for a way to not do the oral sex anymore, that's a good way to start. I'm not an expert on women, but I'm not venturing too far out on a limb here when I say that if you make that claim, you're not getting near your wife's hey nanner nanner anytime soon, and it's not giving you mouth cancer your chances of doing that anymore, slim to none. Slim to none. Slim to none. You know, in all seriousness. But look, uh, Mike, how about mixing in an oncologist first before letting those lines rip? Maybe a little education, a little background from a professional before you say that oral sex is giving you mouth cancer. Brass balls, buddy. Brass balls. Top notch. Uh, but look, in all seriousness, if you're looking to support a cancer fund, again, we're off the light part. Uh, you can donate to the official cancer charity of this show, the Corliss Johnson Memorial Fund. You would also know it as CancerSuckshicago.com. Hit that site up and make your contributions as you see fit. If you want to join a cause or donate to a cause that is uh, not only uh, a passion for Scotty Johnson, the founder of that uh, memorial fund, but you know my official charity uh, or cancer charity for this show hit cancersuckchicago.com and again make the contribu- uh, contributions as you see fit and both Scotty and I will thank you for doing that so there you go man I don't know a quick survey guys in the uh, chat room audience uh, is that something that you would ever say or, or how you got the uh, the mouth cancer was from doing that and I can't believe that ladies just you know like Woman power in general isn't swarming in every city and state saying, how can men say this about us? This is ridiculous. I would join that, by the way. I myself think that is ridiculous that you would make such a pretty bold statement. Well, aren't you uh, married, sir? Yes. It's my wife's fault. She did it. She gave me this. Damn woman. That'll be the end of her. All right, uh, Master Chef Talk up next. Good. Patrick Paquette is breaking into Scotty Johnson's car. Uh, let's also get Scotty a new car fund. Wow. Uh oh. Patrick Paquette making salacious remarks. All right, gang, here we go. We had him on first interview segment of the show, Dave Bosca, Butcher Barbecue. Uh, look, we all know Butcher Barbecue, well known for the injections, the pork, the beef, the prime injection. Now the Bird Booster, which we learned just a little bit about because we did spend a lot of time talking about the TV show, which is fine. But look, if you've been looking for some type of a solution to get injection into your bird, this is now the preeminent product on the market right now for you to do it. You can get it at ButcherBBQ.com. Uh, you heard the uh, weight and flavor retentions. You know, if you want to brine at 7%, you want to use Bird Booster and inject, it's 21%. 20-21%, so roughly three times more flavor, more moisture. It is not screwing up or denaturing the meat. It was held overnight. You heard all the test studies earlier. If you missed this part of the show, go back to the first hour. 
pull up Dave Bosco's segment and then go almost all the way to the end of the segment where we start talking about Bird Booster. Listen to him talk about it. Listen to him say how this will not screw up your product, even if you do it 24 hours in advance of cooking. Literally could revolutionize chicken, not only on the competition circuit, but in the backyards as well, because you know that's where I'm going to cook it, in the backyards. And I just got some, so I'm going to be trying it very shortly. Now, aside from the injections, which we love, and now this bird booster, might be looking for sauces or go-to rubs, no problem. They got you covered here as well. They have the steak and brisket rub. They got the honey rub, which you saw, which you saw on Butcher's or on the Barbecue Pitmaster Season 5. You saw the honey. You can also try the premium rub, especially if you inject with Butcher's Barbecue because it's formulated to work with the injection. It's a perfect one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike. And last but not least, Butcher's Barbecue has that sweet barbecue sauce. Look, when it comes to sauce, I'm as picky as it gets. Butcher's Sweet wins in every category for me. Not overly sweet, a nice slice of tang, just the right amount of back-end heat, and for crying out loud, no liquid smoke. Dave took the time to make a quality sauce, and if you were me... You'd be buying six at a time, so I suggest you do that as well. Uh, we're not breaking the bank when we ship either. Very economical rates on the shipping, and of course, if you have a competitor's injection and you aren't happy with it because your scores have started tumbling, because the neighbors have started to punch you in the face instead of giving you high fives after you eat your pork or your brisket, send whosoever it was back to Dave. He will send you Butcher's Barbecue product in return. Doesn't get any better than that. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. We're back with Master Chef Talk right after this. Hang on. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Centralshow.com if you want to jump in tonight. Uh, you know, we're keeping with the food theme this evening. Not planned, of course, but it's the way I roll. We switch it up a bit for this segment. If you watch Fox... You are probably a very huge fan into the Master Chef program. You can also find my next guest running the board and talking or talking, taking ridiculously good food porn shots at the Sam Livecast, which airs new episodes Monday, Wednesdays, and Friday. Let's head on over to the hotline and welcome in first timer to the Barbecue Central Jungle, Lynn Chi, joining us here on the show. Lynn, how are you, bud? I'm doing great. Lynn, I appreciate you uh, taking time and joining me on. You know what is typically a barbecue-related show. First questions first. If you got mouth cancer, would you ever blame your wife or girlfriend for giving it to you? <laughs> that is ridiculous, let me tell you. It's one of the worst things ever, but that's all right. Uh, nevertheless, yeah. so, you know, before we get into the show, MasterChef, and, you know, all of that happy stuff, if you could, because I'm sure not a lot of people, at least in my subculture, are uh, ultimately familiar with you, maybe a little background about yourself, uh, you know, personally, professionally, and, and kind of where this love for food came from? Um, let's see. I got my start doing food probably in college. I was trying to think, hey, like food is a lot better than what I'm eating in the dorms. And, you know, it was just a way to be able to like serve people and like make food and, you know, light up people's faces when you make something really good. And so that's kind of how the love started. And, um, I, I don't do food by trade at all. Like uh, I just got into doing uh, food photography, working with Sam on the Sam Livecast, and um, 
I think uh, having that, like my, my technical abilities with a camera and just the fact that I, I do like a lot of computer stuff, it really kind of put a different spin on the fact that you can kind of do food even though you're not like intrinsically in it. Like everybody has to eat, right? And so um, I, my background really is in tech and really is being technical in general. So um, food is kind of like an artistic escape, if you will. Yeah. So it seems like at least for you know a lot of foodies that I know, these are the kind of guys and gals that might have been attached to their mother or grandmother's hip as they were growing up. But it sounds like your food knowledge came from you know, almost out of existence, crappy dorm food. There's got to be some way for me to make it taste better, you know, at my apartment or some type of off-campus housing. Yeah, and I think um, I would have loved to say that I got a lot of experience from, you know, my mom and dad who both <laughs> worked in the food business. But, you know, to be honest, like, uh, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, Chinese food. Not that my parents are bad cooks. I just, it's other food interested me more, like, you know, French cuisine and Italian cuisine. And so, um, I, I just was like always kind of shunned out of the kitchen. Like, you know, Asian grandmas are kind of like, Hey, I'm cooking, you get out, go play, do your thing. It was never like coming in the kitchen and help. It's more like, you know, I'm going to cook for you because that's the sign that I love you. So for me, I was never really in the kitchen as a kid. And so I, you know, had to get all that out in college and, you know, really get that done there. Lin Chi joining us here on the show, some websites, if you want to check it out, uh, he does have a, uh, Photography portfolio, which is his name, Lin L Y N N Chi C H Y I dot com. If you want to check that out, you can find him on the Twitter at Mick the numeral four Lin L Y N N, and then obviously on Facebook slash Mick four Lin as well. All right, Lin. So you'd mentioned French cuisine. I mean, do you have? Is that ultimately your, your favorite cuisine? If we were going to be meeting up at your place and you're going to be cooking me dinner because I'm a big star, are you going to cook me something French <laughs> or do you have other favorite cuisines as well? You know, it, it's not necessarily just the French um, cuisine. Like, I wouldn't serve you like um, a rack of lamb served over, you know, I don't even know what French people cook. Like, I guess, you know, palms, frites, and things like that. I, it's basically the techniques coming from French cuisine. So a lot of stuff that I've learned from, um, you know, classic French cookbooks, those really inspiring me to cook and I'll put my own twist on it. And it is actually kind of coming fruition, coming full circle where I've started to do a lot of Asian stuff using a lot of French cuisine. And, you know, that's, I'm not the first guy to do this obviously, but it's somewhat fun because I recognize certain flavors from childhood yet. I get to put my own twist on it. Um, when it comes to cooking at home. So you'd probably have a little bit of Asian, a little bit of French, um, a little bit of Italian, a little bit of just kind of whatever that's in season. I like cooking seasonally. That's really important to me. All right, Lynn. So let's talk about the show a little bit. Um, for the people that might not be familiar with the concept of MasterChef, you know, maybe just a little uh, thumbnail sketch of what the show is all about and how you proceed in. Well, MasterChef is America's biggest amateur cooking competition, and it's hosted by Gordon Ramsay, um, Graham Elliott, and Joe Bastianich. And they're just huge names in the food industry. Um, they have kind of a reputation, each one of them. <laughs> and um, the funny thing is, they're kind of not like the reputation at all in person. So um, that's kind of the gist of the show. You, you have to kind of watch to figure uh, out what I'm like, what reputations I'm talking about. But um, generally speaking, we are always faced with a new challenge each and every day. And at any point in time, someone can go home and you're done. Did you find out that they were casting for the show? Were you approached by somebody saying, hey, we, we kind of like your look and your style and whatever you're about, and we would like you to make us a tape? How does that process work? 
Well, um, how MasterChef works is they go to cities and do what they call open calls. And um, it's kind of like American Idol. You know, it's not televised, but people go there. They bring a dish. They uh, kind of show off their culinary skills by uh, just plating, uh, talking, and really just imparting whatever their love for food is with the producers and the food critics. And this year, um, or this last year for this season, was the first year that they came to San Diego. And, you know, that's the city I'm from. And the turnout was huge. So that's really how I kind of got into it. It wasn't, uh, oh, well, I mean, a friend really wanted to try out. And I think when I went with him, that was when I kind of was like, you know, if I'm going to go, I'm going to take it real seriously. And I'm not going to, like, mess around. So um, I tried to come up with, you know, the best dish that I could figure out and try to plate it as beautifully as I could just to try to stand out, you know. You know, you have are, – are you testing for them or are you testing for a bunch of, like, uh, gatekeepers in order to, to get on that show? There are gatekeepers galore. I mean, the open call is the first of it. You go through a whole series of interviews if they like you, and you can kind of get dropped at any point in time with the process. But, you know, you're, you're doing a lot. You're, you're filling out huge background checks. You are doing on-camera interviews. You're making your own video to kind of showcase what your daily life is. And, you know, bottom lines, they have to find you kind of interesting. I, I don't know what about me that they found interesting, but, um, I mean... There, there's got to be some appeal for you to land on the show. You know, as you scan the room of people that, you know, are in, you know, if you, if you bring it up to current day and you kind of scan that big holding tank that you guys are in with all the boxes and whatnot, mm-hmm. does everybody look like there's something unique about them or are there are a lot of people that you could pass over in the crowd, you know, now that you know them and, and just kind of pass right over them and not really think twice about them? Um, there's a little bit of both. Oh, by the way, that room, they dubbed it the Fight Club. That's like the, <laughs> the behind-the-scenes lingo. Um, so they tell you, hey, every morning you get up, you get ready to go to the Fight Club. But, um, yeah, there are people that really do surprise you. One thing that was actually kind of cool, Greg, was that um, you're locked in a hotel with these hundred people, right? It's it's a lot of uh, it's, it's a lot of angst coming out at one place. People are just glad to get away from whatever lives that they have. And some people are just like, Oh my gosh, I'm stuck in a hotel. I can't believe this. So, you know, it's, um, it's interesting because when you talk to people at first, they can be, you know, kind of show off, show off you. Like they're, they're, they're really flung their feathers, you know, and, yep. and you talk to them and they're actually quite humble and they have a really interesting story about how they got into food. And that's kind of the cool thing. Everybody has this unique story. So there's always more than meets the eye. I mean, in terms of cooking talent though, it, it ranges the gamut. Some people were just, amazing uh people that i would be like you know i would go to your house any day for food and some people who were just like you're a gimmick right there's no way you could be on the show um and actually cook so it, it did range lynchy joining us here on the show we're talking about the show master chef uh which you can see every wednesday uh new episodes at 8 p.m eastern standard time um what did you cook to move on to like where you're at now? There was that whole big thing. I think it was last week where you guys, you know, you're, it's just kind of mind boggling. Look, I'm going to be hundred percent honest. I, I hate these shows. I don't understand these food contest shows and it's the same thing. And I say that because, you know, we have barbecue shows that are similarly themed and I hate them. I love the people that are on them. I love you, but I don't get the concept of that show, and obviously I'm so in the minority, it's ridiculous because they're all over the place. But um, 
what did you cook to go from you know where you were last week to, to making it into uh, it looks like you're going to be cooking for like 300 you know snot nosed punks this coming show yeah i mean um well last week actually it's, it's kind of like how you didn't really like it's what you did that didn't make you land in the bottom three it's not really what you cooked that made you go through it was gotcha. kind of like who was going home um Initially, when I was in the Fight Club, I cooked a seared scallop dish that was really interesting. Um, it was kind of basically based on a fall-like type cuisine. And I, the trials were in October, so I I had like this butternut squash laying around in my house, and I ended up doing a butternut squash puree that kind of was the base for these seared scallops and, you know, did like fennel, apple, bacon salad. That's what moved me on to um, the actual kitchen. And then after that, we did a lamb dish, which I actually happened to do a, a a spring themed lamb dish. Cause by the time we were shooting, it was already spring. Um, I guess I'm really into seasons. That's really weird. I didn't think about that. Um, and then, um, we had our first mystery box, which if you go onto, um, Fox's, uh, or I'm sorry, master chef's Facebook page, you can see all the photos of what we did there. And I just ended up making this cool little cream puff with, uh, uh, chocolate covered bacon, potato chips or something like a sweet and savory mix that I wanted to pay homage to. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then this, this last time I, I got some recognition for being, um, kind of in the top three of an elimination challenge An elimination challenge is basically to give you some ingredient. If you don't do very well, you go home and, uh, we got to cook langoustines, which I don't know, Greg, have you ever dealt with a langoustine? Cause langoustine. Yeah. Sounds like a beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when people talk langoustine, the first thing I can think of is, Okay, I know it's like a seafood thing, right? Uh, it's shrimp-like, but you know, it's it's basically if you can think about it, it's it's a big shrimp with two claws. So it's kind of like a small lobster, a big shrimp, right? Uh, however you want to think about it, and uh, they're really expensive. But yeah, it was intimidating to 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 have that ingredient and know that if you didn't cook it well, you could be going home. Um, but I ended up making just a like kind of a, a butter poached langoustine, um, covered it with toasted coconut and pine nuts. And that was my dish for the judges. And, you know, it got me in the top three, so I can't complain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, coming up, uh, I mean, obviously you can't talk about, uh, you know, how, how people finish for this uh, kid thing. Is that, you know, when you're in these outrageous competitions, like cooking for 300, I mean, the, the chances of you in your life ever having to cook for like 300 kids in a designated period of time are probably like slim to none. Does that force you to be a better cook or is that just like god i gotta suffer through this so i can just move on to the next round oh yeah i mean i think what people don't really realize is that when you're going through these things you know obviously it's it's a lot longer day than they portray on tv and you really are learning all the time you know as you probably know cooking under pressure is like one of the best ways to get good at something or to get good at cooking like if you need to actually produce something like you have a whole bunch of family coming over you can't screw up the thing you're about to grill because if you do, there is going to be no food yeah, and, and you're going to hear about case. it forever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, people are going to be mad and you know, you have the added pressure. So you, you do, you pick up things a lot faster. So yeah, having the opportunity to cook for that many people, um, you know, I guess if they're half people, we only cook for about 150 of them, <laughs> but you know, there are little tykes and they, you would think, you know, porches aren't going to be that big. The food's going to be simple. It doesn't have to look that great, et cetera, et cetera. But cooking for 300 people is never a joke, period. You have to get your act together. You have to be organized. And, you know, I got my first taste of the catering business, which is, uh, you know, 
it's, it's not that good. It's, it's really tough. And when you're cooking outdoors like that, um, like I get hot really easily. So I'm a big sweater as it is. So it was just like, I was just like, ugh, unending sweat pouring off my forehead. And it was, it was a, a tough day. Yeah. Uh, uh, 300 people, no joke about it. Uh, Lin Chi joining us here on the show. We're talking about MasterChef. You can check him out, linchi.com. You can find him on Facebook as well. You know, you kind of referred to it a couple minutes ago, but I wanted to ask you a little bit more uh, specifically. How many people that made it in were on here simply because they were tools and they had no chance versus how many people you think have legitimate shots right from the start? Oh, I mean, there's always going to be people you think are complete tools. And then they'll surprise you when you cook. And then, hey, there's actually the opposite too, Greg. There's people who you who talk a big game. They they feel they feel like they can, or they talk to you like they can cook. Like, and they say, "I cook all the time for my kids. I cook all the time for my neighbors, and they all love my food." And when they actually, you know, push comes to shove, and they actually get in the kitchen, it, it doesn't look so good. So you, you get a bit of both. I, I couldn't say like a percentage because I didn't talk to everybody, but. There was there was a, a mix and match of, of everyone. I think the people at Fox did a really good job of casting everybody from you know the people who definitely cannot cook, you know, and talk a big talk, and people who are pretty much silent killers. Like they act like they know nothing about food, and when they get in the kitchen, you're like, whoa, like where that come from, you know? And I think that's kind of the beauty of the show, and I think that's you're you're going to see that in the show, I'm sure. Is this a show that potentially you could plan, you Lynn? Uh, you could plan eight or ten dishes out in your head and hope that you can use them at some point during the show, or do you just have to rely generally on good cooking skills to continue to move forward in each round? Um, you know, from what I've done so far, it's definitely the latter. You, you have to just kind of rely on your instinct because you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, I can say, well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm decent at brining something, but, you know, it's, you have an hour, so depending on what kind of protein you get, brining might not help at all. Or, hey, I have this really good marinade, you know, kind of same thing. Or, hey, I have this good, um, you know, sauce that I like. You know, I have a great chimichurri in my back pocket. Well, that's not going to help you in a baking competition. You know, right. MasterChef covers, like, everything. And as you saw from the first mystery box, some people baked. Some people made chocolate mashed potatoes. I mean, some people uh, – I, I did a combination of both. I actually baked and I fried. And, you know, like, if that was kind of a, a neat thing. I was just kind of testing out the kitchen to see what I could do. But, man, let me tell you, people who – I get this all the time. Lynn, is the show real? Are you really under pressure? Are, are they, like, <laughs> over, you know, dramatizing certain things? No. Look, whatever they do on their end, maybe they try to, like, amp up the drama. But it's only because we are left in the dark. So everything is dramatic. I mean, all those times where they pause and they make you wait. They make you wait. I mean, it's not cut like that. You actually do wait for like the result of something and they'll leave you hanging. They'll kind of like put you on the cliffhanger there and you're just like, ah, just get it over with. And so it's, um, it's really stressful. And you know, it's showbiz. Like you're, you're on your feet a lot. Um, they're not short days at all. Like you, you and I, you know, we're used to like, you know, eight, eight and a half hour days, nine, maybe people in showbiz, man, producers, cameramen, whatever they're used to 12 hour days minimum and that's just the way it goes how much does personality play into the overall shot at winning do you have to be over the top or is it not that kind of show and if you're just a deadpan no personality having but can cook your ass off you have the best shot at winning you know i i would love to think that master chef is a pure cooking show and it still might be the thing is i don't know 
I mean, there's a lot of decisions that I don't get to make and I don't know how they make them, but here's what I do know. I, I do know that they are very good at encouraging you to be yourself. They're like, Hey, we casted you for you. So we don't actually want you to be someone else because it's going to be weird if I go in one day, I'm like, you know, Hey, I'm really mellow. My name is Lynn. And next day I'm like, Oh, I'm going crazy. And I'm, you know, picking fights with everybody. Like that's not who I am either way. So they kind of wanted us to be us. And they told us that they're like, look, just, you know, don't fake it. Cause one, you're not going to be able to fake for a whole, you know, a lot of time. Cause you're going to eventually break down and be who you are anyways. And two, like we cast you for you and you need to be yourself. And, um, that was a big encouragement for me because I knew that because of that, you know, they're going to try to portray you as, you know, as, uh, I guess I wouldn't say as good as possible, but as, you know, true to nature as possible. So whether that's good or bad really depends on you. Was there ever even a fleeting moment for you to do the crappy Asian accent type deal to, to get over on that <laughs> side of things? No, you know, like the, the whole Yan can cook thing where he doesn't actually talk like that. No, it's, that's not me. And plus, you know, I have a terrible Asian accent anyways. I couldn't even do it if I tried. Um, I'm, I'm just not a good accent person in general. <laughs> All right. So look, uh, bottom line, obviously I can't ask you who wins and I don't want to know cause I want to watch it for myself. Uh, so if, if you win, I can be like, yeah, you won. But personally and professionally, I mean, are you looking to get anything out of this opportunity? Is it just something you're happy to do? I mean, what is Lin Chi looking to, to, to get out of it? You know, that's a great question. I think that's actually a question that we get asked pretty much every time from any person interviewing us and people on MasterChef um, who, like, ask us, like, you got to be – you should answer this question because you got to be ready for it. And sure. they, they tell us, like, look, what is what do you, what is it do you want to do? And I don't know. Like, I, I really have no clue. I don't want to open a restaurant. I know what it takes to open a restaurant. And honestly, I don't got it. And the main thing is time and and a lot of, a lot of sacrifice that I, you know, can't afford to do. But to me, that's not really what MasterChef's about. It's like, you know, getting the chance to do what you want to do. And in my case, like, you know, like I love taking pictures and like, man, how, how cool would it be for me to do a cookbook one day and to say that because I was on MasterChef, someone gave me a shot to do it. Like, I want to do it. I know I can do it. But to have like that book on the shelf and like you flip open the first page and it says photographs by Lynn, um, and that would be something. So, you know, that might be my dream right now. I, I, no, yeah, see, that's weird for me to say that might be my dream. I, I've been wanting to do that for a while. And if MasterChef can help me with that and really get the word out that, you know, hey, I'm a decent photographer and I really want to do this cookbook with you, um, that would be great. And to me, you know, if someone else's dream is to open their own restaurant or have their own little bistro, you know, that, that would be my equivalent right there. Would it be 100% cooler if Random House came to you and said... Uh, you know, Lynn, not only do we want you to shoot a cookbook, we also want you to be the guy that does the recipes for the cookbook. So not only would you author it, you would be the photographer. That would be pretty cool, right? Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, that's, that's a lot of trust to be putting into one person, Greg. Um, <laughs> but a unique, I mean, that would be a unique book. And not only did he come up with the stuff, he shot the shots. Yeah. And I, I think that would be the greatest thing just to have a book that you authored that you put your heart, your soul and your love into. And I mean, I couldn't think of a better way to just kind of wrap up this, this whole thing. Um, this whole master chef experience. And man, like I, I had to quit my job to go on the show. I, I came back and I was unemployed for a while and I was like really kind of just struggling with the, like trying to reason what the heck am I doing on the show? <laughs> and you know, things end up working out. I end up getting a job again, but you know, it's like you go through those kind of, parts of trials and you're just like, okay, well, like, what's the point? Well, like, why did I even do this? And, and, you know, like, um, like, uh, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a good Christian man. So I was always praying and like trying to pray, like, what's the, what's the reason for this? And, you know, I, I don't really know if I have an answer yet and I can, you know, maybe hopefully we can reconvene after this whole thing's over and I can tell you something great happened. And that'd be great. Hey, absolutely. Cool. Look, I think ultimately it boils down to this, you know, you have the opportunity and you say, Hey, you know, I'm going to quit my job, which is a huge risk, obviously in this economy, no matter where you live. But, you know, in the end, in the grand scheme of things, if Lin Chi is going to look back and go, you know what, that's something that I regret that I didn't do. You never want to do that. You never want to look back and say, I regret that I didn't do that. I mean, you can get another job. It might take you a while. I mean, you're in, a, a, in an industry where you know, there's not a huge market of excellent tech guys, so you're able to, to kind of pick up something maybe a little bit more quickly than a laborer. But nevertheless, even the laborer doesn't want to look back and go, I should have done that. That was a great opportunity. I didn't take it, and I regret it. So I think that's... It's full of applause for you to really take that chance, quit a job, and do what you did. I think that's very commendable. Thanks. Yeah, and I, I, I think that if I wouldn't have gone, I mean, I was considering it for you know maybe like a millisecond. But if, if I would have actually <laughs> followed through with not going, man, I would have been kicking myself in the pants right now for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, you can. And it's just it's. It's one of those shows you just have to watch. It's, it's really kind of fun. And I know, you, you know you're not usually a fan of competition shows, but I, I, I could be biased, Greg, but I think MasterChef is actually quite an exception. It's a fun show to watch. All right. You can watch and cheer on Lin Chi during this season of MasterChef. New episodes airing each Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check your local listings for times in your area. You can also see him as part of the same live cast each Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays as new episodes are posted. Lin, thanks so much for coming on, talking about the show, and we'll see how it turns out for you, buddy. Good luck. Yeah, thanks for having me, Greg. Take you, care, man. You got it. There he is. Lin Chi. You can visit his website, linchi.com. Great photos out there, by the way. Ran a little long. Don't worry, Scott Roberts. I got your back. We're coming. Uh, let me talk to you for a few minutes about JP Custom Smoke. Folks, oh my God. You are literally missing out on perfect scores and grand championships if you aren't getting this stuff. Just ask John and Tina Patty. They just won Grand Champion at the Valley Center Kansas Spring Fling event this past weekend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, much like our friend Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue, John Patty and Tina Patty, they both use JP Custom Smoke products. What a thought. And they win with them, no less. Look, it's painfully obvious, Centralites. That you are the ones who benefit the most from this. John has some of the most sought-after products, rubs, on the market today. It's about time you start enjoying these rewards as well. Here's what you have to choose. JP's Sweet Heat Chicken Rub, which I believe has gotten people in this very chat room 180s. Steve Carmichael, I believe, has gotten 180s with that. I could be wrong. JP's Custom Blend for Pork, which I use quite a bit. And, of course, the brand-new-to-the-market JP Custom Smokes Beef Rub, uh, which has been getting people's win in brisket all across the country. Uh, I used it on the best brisket I've ever done two weeks ago on Memorial Day. Got to try those as well. Look, if you can't wait to get your hands on all these products, I understand. Who am I to argue? Hit up jpcustomsmoke.com and grab yourself some. And if you don't compete like me, this will have your neighbors wondering how your barbecue far outshines the rest of the douchebags in the neighborhood. Okay? Men want to be you. Women want to be with you, if you know what I mean. Attention, England. Attention, England. 
you are no longer left out of the JP Custom Smoke craze. That's right. Starting very soon. Very soon, you too will be able to buy JP Custom Smoke rubs from Paul Valentine at the Barbecue Rub and Sauce Company. I don't have a email or uh, a web address just yet. He's literally just getting up and running out there in the Englands. Which, by the way, it's like uh, for three in the morning over there, or five. It's late over there in England. He's going to be your hookup over in the England. Bangers and mash with JP Cuts and Smoke, a chicken rub or blend for pork or the beef rub. It's balls to the wall. Can't beat it. JP Custom Smoke, award-winning rubs for teams right here in the States, Canada, and now in anger. Come on, John and Tina Patty looking to take on world domination in the world of barbecue rubs. Uh, good job, you two. JPCustomSmoke.com. That's JPCustomSmoke.com. Uh, we have Scott Roberts right on the backside. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433, 877-448-0433, Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Want to jump in? Lynn Shee joined us uh, this past segment, LynnShee.com. You can watch him on MasterChef as well. Let me get my screen together here. Apologize. Oh, wait. Oh, where? Oh. where the hell is that at? Oh, that's all the way up the top. Don't Pete. All right, there we go. All right, helping me close out the show tonight is a monthly contributor and the official sauce and rub reviewer of this here show. Proprietor of ScottRobertsWeb.com, Scott Roberts joining us here on the show. Scott, how are you, man? Fantastic. How are you doing, Greg? Absolutely fabulous, Scott. I appreciate you asking. i got to get my back screen. There we go. Um, number of That's things. a nice picture of me there. You can see it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I had the, the sound turned on the, on the video feed, but I'm still looking at it right oh, now. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, you look relaxed. You have, uh looks like black tattoos on the top of your forehead. Where are you at in this picture? You look very tropical. That would be probably one of the fiery food shows around the country. Maybe Zusfest or The Weekend of Fire. That's, uh, you know, I'm thinking that's where it is, The Weekend of Fire, which takes place now in uh, the Cincinnati area in early October. So I don't know if it's something you might want to, you know, take a look at. I don't know. How far of a drive is Cincinnati from you? Five hours. Five hours. Well, you know what? There's something right at the end of this month in Columbus. There's ZestFest Midwest. Oh. Don't tease me, Scott. Yeah, that that just probably a couple hours from you then. Yeah, you might two want to hours. Check that out. That's right. All right. Well, you can uh, get with me after the show and give me all these great details. And then, of course, I only require G five flight service. Uh, actually, my uh, private jet is in uh, Columbus. Scotty Walton, my uh, private mechanic, probably listening tonight, is uh, always maintaining my G five. We hangar that out of Columbus, believe it or not. So uh, maybe we'll get down there and check that out. That'd be great, right? It would be great. We can finally meet in person. Absolutely. You'd probably be disappointed, but nonetheless. Uh, ScottRobertsWeb.com is Scott's website if you want to check him out. Uh, before we get into the products here tonight, Scott, um, is there 
you know, any new uh, hottest pepper to blow out your butthole type thing uh, that is on the horizon or that is in the in the competition right now? Or is it uh, what is the reigning king of hot pepper? Uh, the rating king would be the Trinidad Maruga Scorpion. It's unofficial by Guinness, but you know they, they don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, the Maruga Scorpion has been thoroughly tested. You know, it, 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 there's a 10, 11 month long study on super hot stun by the Chili Pepper Institute in New Mexico. That that is pretty much the hottest across the board. But I, I think every guy and his dog is now trying to crossbreed a couple super hot peppers and trying to come up with something that is just a tiny bit hotter. But, I mean, once you get up, you know, past 1.4, 1.5 million Scoville, what's an extra 10,000 going to do to you anyway? Yeah, so what Nothing is really. the, the Trinidad Maruga Scorpion at uh, Scoville rated? The, on average, it's about 1.4 million. The highest oh uh, clocked in at over 2 million. 2 million? And, yeah, and that is about pepper spray grade. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I was talking with somebody literally a couple weeks ago at a, at an all-night banking drench that I was at with the family, and they were talking about how the you know whatever the newest pepper was basically like uh, just taking a can of pepper spray right to your mouth. But these actually have flavor, believe it or not, before the heat kicks in and just completely numbs your tongue. How many seconds of enjoyment flavor-wise do you get before you are running for the hills? I would say a good 15 or 20 seconds. That Obviously, long? you feel a little bit of heat on the onset, but all of a sudden it just keeps building and keeps building and keeps building until you're at the like two, three minute mark. Then it kind of plateaus and lasts for a good 15 minutes. Wow. It sounds uh, just like a great time. Um, and that's exactly why I'll <laughs> never eat one. All right, Scott, let's turn to the products here. Um, we have a barbecue sauce to lead off. It's called Fire Q Original Kentucky Barbecue Sauce. Uh, first and foremost, you know, what you thought about it, uh, flavor profiles and such. Flavor profile. This is one of the sweetest barbecue sauces I've tried. You know, I like, if I would have a preferred flavor profile it would be somewhere in, in the middle it would have a lot of af- attributes of sweetness some savoriness some smokiness uh some heat to it obviously this is at the i guess the end of the spectrum of sweetness that i could take but you know what i really really like this for what it is it has a nice kind of ketchupy front end and a lot of people you know hate the high fructose corn syrup this has it in there. That did, really didn't bug me. But there was just a nice blend of a light, smoky flavor and just a little bit of a uh, kick from the spiciness to make it worthwhile. And just about everything I tried it on, it did pretty well. Why do people hate high fructose corn syrup? Is it because it's so overpoweringly sweet if you use it too much, or is it just, just a bunch of... BS from uh, you know a bunch of people online saying how bad it is for you. You know what? I think probably 75% is BS. I mean, they, they hear something. They want to follow a trend. It's like – and I don't want to open a, up a can of worms, but everybody hates Monsanto and hates GMO products. I, I think – most people kind of follow things like that just because, you know, they, they want to jump on a bandwagon. But I, I don't think most people really know what a high fructose corn syrup is or what it does, you know, the, the pros and cons. I'm not saying 
that it's all good, but there is this in the sauce. It, but just personally, it does not bug me being in the sauce. All right, so uh, how much are you getting? What's the price point, and where can you find it at? Okay, comes in a 15-ounce bottle. You can get it for $5.99, and the website is firebbq.net. Uh, pretty good price for it. Uh, I, I give it probably as high of a rating as I can for the type of flavor profile, <laughs> and this would be a top 10 call. Oh, really? Top 10 call? I wasn't expecting yes. that by your uh, review there, but uh, so that sneaks up a little higher than I anticipated. So uh, probably worth a pickup if you're looking to spend 6 bucks or whatever, or if you can find it in a store. Um, and that is the Fire Q Original Kentucky Barbecue Sauce. Next item up is the Karma Sauce Sabrasso Rub. Yes, and this one, um, I don't know if anybody could tell by the name. I really couldn't tell by the name itself, but it is a very Southwest type of seasoning. And, and I think on the label, it mentions something about Southwest as well. Uh, heavy cumin, you know, you, you get some of the typical Tex-Mex Southwest uh, seasonings, uh, you know, some ancho chili powder, pepper, garlic, sea salt in there. It is heavy, heavy, heavy Mexican, almost to the point of where it tastes like a taco seasoning. Um, there is a little bit more to it than that. To me, it's good if you want something to taste just like taco meat. Mm. Uh, for instance, I tried it on you know half of a steak. It did a fairly well, good job on it. But to me, I would have to add something like a little uh, turbinado sugar, a little brown sugar to it to kind of balance it out to where it would taste good enough on, say, a chicken or pork or something like that. Sweetening it up a little bit. I'm sorry? Sweetening it up just a little bit. Sweeten it up just to kind of bring it to where it's more balanced uh, in its flavor profile. Right, uh, if you're looking for something heavy taco seasoning flavor, you might like it, yeah. Gotcha. All right, uh, price point, uh, size, and where can you find it? Okay, it comes in a little 2.3-ounce tin. Huh? Uh, it's not very practical. It's not like a little shaker thing. Mm-hmm. You open it up, and there's the big opening exposed. You have to be careful when you you know dispense it out. Uh, that comes in a – or the, the price on that is uh, six fifty plus shipping. You can get that at karmasauce.com. Uh, how is that quality price ratio for you? You know, I would have preferred uh, a little bit more for the price, maybe a three-ounce shaker bottle, something like that. It's a little pricey. Uh, they do offer other tins of other seasonings, and I think there's a four-pack, so that might be – Economically speaking, a little better if you want to try some of the other stuff that they have. All right. Well, what's your rating on this one? A rating on this one, if you don't feel like mixing it up, it is probably not for everybody. Uh, I would have to give this a backyard griller. All right. Backyard griller. That's what I was figuring, uh, leading or hearing what you were talking about. But you know, if you like taco meat or you want to make some meat taste like taco meat, this might be at least worth the keep in your pantry. Uh, now we go to the sauce portion of the show. Uh, you know, I always love it when we've tasted stuff. When I've tasted stuff, you've tasted stuff. I've had Hog Heaven original sauce. I actually reviewed it live on this show a number of months ago uh, before it was actually on the shelves for sale. I'll give you my take here in just a second. But this is the Hog Heaven original Smokehouse barbecue sauce. Uh, your initial thoughts and flavor profiles and so forth. 
Okay, uh, this is yet another end um, when it comes to a dark, really molasses-flavored sauce. It, it has attributes of that that I kind of thought was okay. Uh, I would have preferred it to be a little bit sweeter. That There is the kind of a, a bitter, yep. sour tomato taste to it. Yep. But the one thing that threw me off was the liquid smoke. Absolutely. I was hoping you were going to say it because you know what I was going to say. Well, I didn't know you were going to say that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's very rarely could someone use a liquid smoke and have it turn out to be a good tasting product. Maybe in very, very small amounts. This one, although uh, Hog Heaven has other sauces that are very good. This one, I really cannot recommend. Yeah, um, size and price point, where can you find it? Okay, it comes in a 15-ounce bottle. Price is six ninety-five. You can get it at hogheavenbbqco.com. Hogheavenbbqco.com. Uh, yes. All right. And my overall rating would be an oven baker. Oh, great. Oven baker. Wow. You've gone from the ranks of top 10 call to backyard griller to oven baker, which is uh, pretty much the low of the low, right? Uh, well, there's the rib boiler is like the one out of five rating, which is absolute crap. This is not crap. I mean, there is a little bit of substance to it, but it's not really something I could recommend. Over the years that we have done this show, we've had Grand Champions. Have we had rib boilers? One, I mean, like one isn't even jumping off in my mind. You know, I think that there was a rub that I think was just like mostly salt. I can't even remember the name of it. Yeah, one I would have to, have to go back and listen to uh, all the reviews I've done to do that. You know, maybe I will just to have some type of archive. Well, um, here's the deal. So we are talking with Scott Roberts. And uh, we've reviewed the Fire Q original Kentucky barbecue sauce. We've uh, reviewed the Karma Sauce Sabraso Rub and the uh, Hog Heaven original Smokehouse barbecue sauce. Look, uh, I was with you on this one. Uh, this one wasn't uh, really my favorite at all, uh, and mostly solely because of the liquid smoke and that uh, kind of bitterish tomato thing that you were talking about. Uh, but uh, he, he had like a really hot rub or a really hot sauce. And uh, he had also, I think it was like an apple, was it apple chipotle uh, or something like that? Uh, that was probably my favorite out of the three that he had at that point. And um, uh, because it seemed to be a little bit more non-disjointed than some of the other ones. Um, so, you know, when people say, hey, do you know, do you know any apples? So, you know, I definitely recommend that one out for sure. Um, uh, but the other ones, I'm a little more hesitant, especially the hot ones, because you know people uh, and their heat palettes that ranges so far. If you can't take, you know, any heat at all, that's probably one that is going to probably light your your mouth on fire. Have you had the hot one as well? I have. I, I tried four of them. Uh, the, the ones that you mentioned, I, I believe it was the apple chipotle, and the other was the apricot jalapeno. And the apple chipotle and apricot jalapeno were pretty good. Not something I would normally have on barbecue all the time. Just kind of out there, kind of fruit flavors. And, I, and I'm not huge on fruit-flavored barbecue sauces either. But they were just interesting enough to think, you know what? This would be something I could eat you know, every now and then. But his you know, straight-ahead original smokehouse sauce and the hotter version, it, it just because of the presence of liquid smoke, uh, I, 
it just does not do it for me. There you go. Uh, Scott Roberts is the official sauce and rub reviewer of this show. You can find him at his own personal website, scottrobertsweb.com. Scott, always appreciate the time, and we will see you in July. All right. Looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, Greg. Take care. Scott Roberts. Maybe I'll see Scott Roberts towards the end of the month. Who knows? Maybe I won't. Never can tell with this Scott Roberts character. He's, uh, He's something else, this guy. All right, uh, one last read, then we'll tidy up the show. Uh, Gang, let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Trusted online retailer and longtime supporter of the show. I just spoke with Fred a few days ago, and he wanted me to make sure that I get this out to all of you. What is this? All right, we'll address that here in a second. Uh, I just spoke with Fred, and he wants me to let you know that he's carrying Kamado Joe cookers, Meadow Creek cookers, spices, sauces, and accessories. Much of these items are in stock and ready to ship to you directly. Have you been looking for Oak Ridge brines and rubs? Maybe the complete line of Plowboys rubs and sauces. How about Smoke on Wheels products? Tasty Licks has them all. Of course, you know by now that Tasty Licks Barbecue is your big green egg headquarters, including many items for the egg that you can't get anywhere else. And these big green egg Parts are in stock right there in Shillington, Pennsylvania. Also, Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply now carrying Harry Sue's Chicken Rub. This particular rub is the same one that helped him win eight grand championships last year, as well as being the KCBS Team of the Year in the chicken category. Maybe you're looking for injections. Tasty Licks Barbecue carries all the heavy hitters as well. Butcher's Barbecue, Cosmo's Q, every type of barbecue guru and their associated accessories. Tasty Licks is a green mountain pellet grill dealer as well. And Fred says it right here on this show. They provide classes to the public. They teach some, but they also bring in some of the big heavy hitters as well. So if you're in Shillington, if you're traveling in that direction, you might want to look up at what he's got going class-wise. And attention teams, right? Tasty Licks is your competition headquarters as well. All supplies for competition teams, pans in different sizes, aluminum trays, gloves, thermometers, turn-in boxes for practice. Make this your one-stop shop. TastyLicksBarbecue.com is the place to go. So head on over now. Enjoy the videos that Fred puts up on his page as well. There's plenty to look at. And don't forget that Tasty Licks manufactures their own line of rubs and sauces as well. Got to try those. When you order, drop Fred a line that you heard about him here on this show. Let him know that his support of this show is appreciated. And that's why you're shopping at TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. Looks like we have a uh, question in the chat room, which I will be more than happy to address here in just a second. And then we'll wrap up the show. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we're back. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Gotta stop that. Gotta stop that. That'll run over here. We're just gonna run here just for a second. I'm looking at a chat room, which uh, rarely I do. And guest 770. Uh, so I don't know if guest 770 is Ira Pupko or if he is not Ira Pupko. Um, but this is the message. Since Greg Rempe is the first to say he knows little about barbecue. Hold on. Thanks to Scott Robertson. Greg. Publish 
All right. Anyway, uh, since Greg Rempe is the first to say he knows little about barbecue, maybe he should stick to interviewing those who do and quit beating the drum against liquid smoke and barbecue sauce. Why opine about topics you know little about? Why don't you stick the drum up your arsenal of misinformation? What arsenal of misinformation? Big step out of here. What what is the what is the arsenal of misinformation? Who is this? Did somebody copy and paste this, or is this this person right here? I mean, if you want to call into the show and tell me that I have misinformation or that I don't know about products, then uh, you know I, I don't know what to say. Uh, here's the bottom line: uh, if you're going to email me and say I want you to try my sauces, and I'm going to tell you I'm going to do it on the show, and if I don't like it. I'm going to tell you I don't like it, and then I give you flavor profiles in advance of ones that don't particularly trip my fancy. I don't know what you want to do. If I don't liquid smoke, I don't like liquid smoke. Look, I'm obviously in the minority here because a lot of people buy sauces with liquid smoke in them all the time. If I crack the cap on a bottle of sauce and I smell liquid smoke, I'm not necessarily turned on. Now, sometimes it can cook off. In your case, it didn't. Your regular barbecue sauce was uh, well below average. I'm sorry. It just doesn't hit my flavor profile. I think if you're being honest with yourself, you would go back and listen to the review, and as I always say, just because I don't like it or it doesn't hit my particular flavor profile doesn't mean that you shouldn't buy it because a lot of people have different flavor profiles or flavors that they like in their mouths that I don't like in my mouth. And certainly that goes for Michael Douglas as well. So... Uh, if I don't like liquid smoke, I don't have to like it. As a matter of fact, I don't have to know anything about liquid smoke, Ira. What do I give a shit how it's made or what it's made or what it is? If it's in the ingredients and I don't like it and I've not liked it for many a year, that's my flavor palette. I trust my pal. Trust yours. You just happen to make a regular barbecue sauce that sucks ass. That's the bottom line. Sorry. All right, now we'll wrap up the show. Sorry for having an opinion. If I wanted to hear from an asshole, I would have farted. Thank you. All right, so as we look back at the very top portion of the show, 914 found Dave Bosca uh, recounting his win at the Pitmasters 5 season debut. Also, we had Eric Thomas, who was second place. Thanks to both of those guys for showing up. Don't forget, Dave Bosca has a new Bird Booster product, which I'll be trying here shortly. But you want to go to ButcherBBQ.com if you want to find out more about Eric Thomas, the rolling, the rollinggrill.com. In the second hour, Lynn Chi joined us. Lynn is a current contestant on MasterChef. You can find a new episode on tomorrow at 8. LynnChi.com if you want to see his photos. Brilliant photographer. And our last guest was the official sauce and rub reviewer, Scott Roberts. There you go. All right. If you use raw cast iron, season it each and every time. Heat it up. Hit it with a brush. Little pan, little Crisco. Let it bake back in. Generations of rust-free service. Also, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. We'll be back with a new episode next Tuesday at 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And until then, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night. Now.